we're back, and we're talking about elections. We're talking about national elections. Matt, you wanted to you wanted to speak a little bit about why, um, as an organization, Peppa in particular is interested in talking about national elections. Yeah, I, I just want to put something out there because I don't want people to think we're just like random like Trump haters. We're talking about like what's the best candidate to beat Trump because if we want to be serious about getting public financing and of campaigns and getting the corrupting influence of money in politics, dealing with the crises, etc. Uh, we really can't have Trump as president again. So while there may be a lot of candidates out there that have the best intentions for things that we believe in, like campaign finance reform, they may not be the best to beat Trump. And that means that they may not be the best for campaign finance reform. So we kind of need to weed out who the good candidates are to beat Trump as a, as a second part of our analysis beyond our, 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 our normal who's good on campaign finance reform. Gotcha. So we want a good candidate, somebody who can beat Trump, and somebody who's not a big time seller. Balance those things, you know. Balance them. Yes, yeah. exactly. And yes, yeah. exactly. And so that's kind of what we're going to get into is talking about some of the numbers that you've been crunching in uh, what you're calling the rubric. Bum bum bum. I like de- I like democracy rubric. Do you democracy like that? Democracy rubric. That sounds nice. But first, I thought we were going to talk a little bit about the the sort of vibe we're like we're trying to bring to this because like there's a lot of there's a lot of decisions we had to make in this rubric that were not apparent that this this should be this way. And there's some things that we just had to, you know, put some numbers in there that that we were, we're work, we're working with. Yeah. And, and so just just to explain a little bit, uh, Matt has been working, and and a number of people actually, he's been pulling a lot of people to work um, on this project for a number of months. Yeah. And the idea is trying to get some quantitative numbers behind who can beat Trump in the Democratic field, mm-hmm. um, who's best to do it, and what are their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And uh, you've come up with some actual some numbers, some final results, or at least in the short term, um, some preliminary results. Let's say preliminary, right? Yeah, this is the preliminary yeah. release of, of our, you know, we're just, this is, a, we just, we've got numbers, we've got top line numbers for how the candidates do. And so it's kind of exciting, but it's also a little bit like, whoa, it wasn't quite what I expected. Um, I want to just say the spreadsheet is off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not off the chart, though? Wouldn't it be off the oh! chart? Come on, it's off the chart. No? Okay, <laughs> off the chain. Um, nice. yeah, no, we got, we got a big spreadsheet, folks. It is pages and pages. What do we have? 20, 20 something factors that are being weighed. And, and a lot, a lot of it is like just straight up, like we, wherever we could, we, we went for objective data and sometimes we had to make judgment decisions and we want to talk about those and like, and be transparent. And I guess that's kind of what I'm saying is like, we're not saying that we have the answer and like that this is definitely what you should do. This is going to be a changing, a changing instrument. It's going to be, it, this is a, a, a working draft. And and we're looking for listener feedback. We're looking for people to to help and and say, hey, I think this should be this, and and make suggestions. And then the question is, you know, how can we quantify that? And so, you know, we're we're, we're somewhat restrained by our means and like what we have to to work with, as far as you know, we don't have like a huge research team. And so, like for example, we're starting out with just the top, the the, the big four candidates right now: uh, Sanders, um, Warren, Biden, and Harris. And, you know, if Buttigieg comes, keeps being persistently like spiking like he did that once, well, you know, if our other candidates really start to be challengers, we're going to try to include them. But we're sort of working with what we've got and give us feedback. We, yeah, that's, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in, in the short term, first things first, I think let's do a check in. We just had a debate. We just uh, narrowed the candidacy, uh, the, uh, potential candidates down from like 22, 25. It was like a peak at 25, I think, down to 10. Uh, 10 people got on the debate stage. 
That doesn't mean that everybody else dropped out, but we got 10 people on a debate stage. Uh, ABC News hosted a debate uh, recently, and I, I, I'm interested in, in talking about what our impressions of that were, just as kind of like a baseline of like, how are you feeling about things? Julia, did you watch? I watched the highlights. <laughs> That's probably wise. Probably it was better really for long. Yourself. It yeah. was like three hours, three plus hours. So you and, watched some highlights. And I was very disturbed. Oh, uh-oh. By Joe Biden's response on uh, reparations and the legacy of slavery and him talking about how black kids just need to listen to the record player put on the record player and, and like you know parents need to educate or like it was something about how well, it was incoherent it was, it was kind of incoherent hard to quote. and so my make quote your, of it make, is make incoherent your, yeah, make your <laughs> statement more incoherent <laughs> yeah you're trying to summarize you, you, you sound statement. too sober yeah, like you go, go drink a bottle of, of whiskey and come back <laughs> and, and there's your Horrible. No, it, it was really kind of scary. Okay, yeah. So this is in response to education and like uh, achievement gaps or something. And he said something. I think he said something about a phonograph player. No, it was a record player. Um, but it was kind of incoherent. It was a moment for me that stood out. And it's something that we've now had a conversation about because in this rubric, we're realizing maybe that issues of race maybe need to be highlighted more because in our rubric. Biden's not doing that bad, right? Yeah. We can't. We we can talk about the numbers if we want um, at the moment, but Biden's not doing terribly. But statements like that, and potentially not being able to speak about race, racism, and schooling, might be like a huge hindrance to being the Democratic candidate. Well, call me crazy, but I think it would be to our strategic advantage to have a candidate that draws a sharp departure from Donald Trump in this at this juncture. You crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> and that maybe, you know, having someone that's like doesn't fully know how racist they are isn't our ace of spades in this particular <laughs> election. I mean, what are you guys thinking? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so you're saying another old white man who may be out of touch with the realities of Well, racism. he he seemed to be suggesting that that the racial inequalities was a result of poor black parenting and that was it just it, I, I'm, yeah, it's, yeah. What if? But who knows what he was saying? I mean, it was, it was incoherent. I think that's almost the bigger point. Yeah, yeah. What if he did it on purpose to remind everybody that he is an old white racist? He's <laughs> subtly trying to even the playing field for himself for the upcoming Record battle. Players. He's like, hey, all you swing Republicans. Hey, I might be almost as bad as Trump. Maybe it's his strategy. Well, and and that does. This is something that's kind of important in the numbers. Is that when we talk about independence, right? So independents um, are this like magical creature that they're constantly talking about on cable news, and that you got to win those swing voters. Are kind of these. They talk about them a lot, but we also talk about yeah, surge they're not voters. interchangeable. Yeah, they're not interchangeable, and that surge voters actually may be more important. You've, you've spoken to that a number of times. Yeah, I mean, just the, the idea is that you know, with this focus on on swing voters, which make up maybe five percent of the population, is insane and that we should really be looking at the the 50 percent of the population that doesn't vote and that's where the numbers that's where the big gains are so who you know who do those people like a lot of people the, the mainstream media coverage of biden in that was that he was he was crisp i heard the word crisp like four five times from npr and other major news outlets because in the beginning of the debate he was able to answer questions in an articulate and clear fashion and for them that was like hey 
Joe's not doing too bad. He can he can complete sentences and answer questions. I think what he's doing is he he's like purposely set the bar low for himself so that <laughs> when he actually is coherent, mm. people are like, "Wow, yeah, <laughs> good job, bud, good, good job." job. Wow. Okay, that's that's an interesting little strategy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. That's it, it, we got it. That's an interesting. It's no stranger than Bush's strategy of management. Just pretend you're an idiot. Right. It's no stranger. <laughs> like, it's actually, kind of similar. Just what? pretend that you're. Yeah. Kind of a dumbass. Wow. I don't think we've mentioned Bush once the entire time we've been recording this because of we're trying to repress any memory of that. But uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Biden. Biden, we were talking about Biden during that debate. Obviously, uh, any impressions about Warren Sanders, anybody else, right up the top oh, well, during the debate, and then we can get more back into the numbers. We can pull it back in. Oh, we have numbers on Biden. You just mentioned the mainstream media. Yeah. And they're they're stroking Biden. Uh, he was crisp, whatever, which seems like they're in an alternate reality. Um, but we have data on that as part of our rubric, and that might be a good segue there. Sure. Yeah. So, and and that's something that comes up, right? So these these debates are obviously being held on uh, ABC, CNN. It's mainstream TV, right? And in our rubric, we have mainstream media and social media as two different factors, saying who can beat Trump, who's got that social media reach, and who's got that mainstream media punch. I don't know. I, I what does what does the mainstream media do? Assault you with noise and ideas and opinions? I'm not sure. But um, we've weighted them equally. Right. And mm -hmm. Biden and this is months in Biden still continues to get the lion's share of coverage. Mm -hmm. Does that seem to be true? I, I, I hear Biden's name mentioned constantly. We're talking about him right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, exactly. To look, let's, well, let's pull up the, the chart and we can let's do it. I got the social media chart here. So we we've got some numbers based upon this is this is early, though. This is June, right? We've got total to, total number of. Uh, All right, I got MSM here. You got MSM, okay? Yeah, I got mainstream media. What do you got? We're gonna edit this part out. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna splice in typing noises. We're gonna splice in really loud typing noises, like and then it's like, I'm in. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so he's getting the lion share of the mainstream media. Uh, so he's he, getting four points, which is he's the he. So it's a curve. It's a bell curve or like it's like a what's the curve they do in school? It's a uh, we're like for your grades. So the highest grade getter sets the standard and then every yeah. and then you, you curve, curve it off yeah, that. Curve so yeah, we, right. we're, it's a curve. And so he, he's the highest grade getter. So he gets the most points. Mm. Uh, he's at uh, four points to uh, Sanders is. Point five points. So he's times eighting Sanders. Times eighting. Times eighting. Is times eighting him. Yeah, I see that. Okay, and so then yeah. and then and then Warren is getting about triple what Sanders is getting in the mainstream media. Which is yeah. This is based on number of mentions in the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. This is cable TV clips the week of. Right, that's what I'm seeing here. That's yeah. not the number you're looking at. Yeah. So yeah. So Biden's still getting the mentions, although it's it's very interesting to to mention the mentions uh, where Warren is going from uh, pretty low in July in August. I mean that number is almost doubled. So there is there is a substantial increase where Sanders is continuing to be relegated to uh, a third place, really, which is amazing. I don't know if you saw that graphic of uh, MSNBC ranking the candidates. Right. 
and it was and they had the the numbers, the polling numbers. And Sanders, even though he was in second, tied it was no tied for first, he was in third place. Because they were like, We can't no, he's not a real candidate. What are you talking about? <laughs> he can't be the guy. <laughs> um so and, and I just listened to NPR coverage this week that mentioned over and over again Warren and Biden then setting that up as the matchup in the debate. That that mm. was the matchup. Mm-hmm. So Bernie being tanked in mainstream media is an ongoing consistency for eight years now. Mm-hmm. I mean for years. So the the reason that's even in the rubric though, and it's I think a question worth asking is what does the media mainstream media landscape look like when you have a Trump versus Biden? Can't, you know, I mean, the mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC in particular, have a strong disliking for Donald Trump. And but they also seem to have a strong disliking for Bernie Sanders. And so I do think that it makes sense that in our in our in our rubric that Bernie takes a hit here because I think that's going to negatively affect him. Um, it's not fatal. I mean, he's got the best numbers here and we haven't really should we go into that let's get into it let's get into it yeah so if we're talking about mainstream media for us uh for points here for these main candidates uh elizabeth warren is getting more points than uh sanders she's got a 1.4 sanders got a 0.5 right biden's got a 4.0 so he gets a lot of points there he's getting full points (laughs) in that category because he is getting coverage all the time and our assumption is if you're getting mentioned a lot, you potentially have a better chance of beating Trump because you're at least being mentioned. What do you – Julia, Criso, do you feel like social media, mainstream media, do you feel like these should be equally weighted? Do you think that these are – you know, that they're equal in the poll in their regards to being, being able to convince people to support a candidate in, in regards to the uh, the how – you know, someone's candidacy. Go ahead. I think – Social media seems to be where people get their news or and, and and you know have their opinions affirmed. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and that's where we ha- have the the biggest voting block in the election is in the millennials, you know, and you're what? You're a millennial, right? You're 30 something? I'm 31. 31. So you're solidly I in the middle. Do you qualify as a millennial? Yeah, and I think that's totally true. I, I, I as a millennial that's where I'm getting my news. And I think that maybe social media, it should be worth more because there's more, more millennials voting. Well, the millennial and gen X vote is now bigger than the boomer generation who's watching the lion's share of the television. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe it should be bigger because there's a higher, higher ceiling. I I could see why. Although I I guess one of my concerns is that social media seems to reaffirm your preexisting notions. It doesn't seem to drive uh, change. It doesn't seem to be able to convince. It seems to, for the most part, be an echo chamber, right? I mean, that's my argument against it being an influencer in the numbers, is that people who are Bernie supporters are looking at Bernie stuff all the time, and they're like, yes, I'm a Bernie supporter. I'm not going to flip. I'm not going to go for somebody else. I'm not going to get more or less motivated because I'm having my constant worldview affirmed by social media. Right. Well, there's the reaffirming circle jerk of social media, and that's just a problem. But... I, I do think it, 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 it like starts it. conversations like it, like, you know, it, it does, it creates dialogue in places where there otherwise wouldn't be, you know, like most people don't even know their neighbors, like, or I don't know, there's, I heard some alarming statistic of, of people who don't actually know who they're like, never, like, they don't know their neighbors. Yeah. Well, I guess I, the reason I would argue that mainstream media may be as or more effective is that 
mainstream media for the most part sets the parameters for what a lot of Americans think is possible or even exists. So if a candidate is not mentioned on cable news, a large number of people do not believe that they are even a potential candidate. There are, and Bernie is obviously an example of like, well, it doesn't matter if you have, if you have social media on your side, if you are authentic, if you are, um, you know, talking to people's passions, then you can continue to exist. But for a large number of voters, it doesn't matter. You're not within the parameters of reality unless you're mentioned on CNN on a regular basis. And that's why I think social media is, is influential. But I'm not sure if it's – again, I, like you can believe that your candidate has a chance. Your Mike Gravel or your Yang or whoever it is that you that you are interested in has a chance and is important. But it, it, it may be an echo chamber. It may be, just be you within a community of people saying like this is what I think is good and real and has a chance when in reality there is a large – Larger force dictating but, the reality. But what if that echo chamber is made up of a room of half people who are low propensity voters? And you have an echo chamber of the people that need to hear an echo, hear the echo, and then they actually go out and vote. We're talking about getting those those people to the polls. Yeah, these are these are interesting questions. I, I, right I, now, I think it's I think it's greater. If like if, if it were up, well, can we do a, play a game of? Okay, let's do it. In regards to someone's ability to beat Trump, we believe the mainstream media and social media are equal in regards to their influence. And if a candidate has mainstream media appeal, then that's going to give them some points. It should be up, even or down. Yeah. Okay. Up, even or down. So currently I would say I, I am, I'm even, I'm even four, four. Julie, what do you think? Do you think they have the same weight in regards to somebody's ability to beat Trump? Zero. Eight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> boom, um, boom. No, no. I actually was very. I found your argument very compelling. Ooh. Uh oh. I would be a four four as well. Four four. All right. Ooh, guys. All is, right. They we're we're making a quantitative judgment about the influence of mainstream media versus social media, which is like one of the most complex topics yeah, you could ever We debate. can't know that. B- we, huge we, caveat. We would have to all at least get two PhDs to yeah. be able to speak about this in any kind of real way. But Matt, what do you think? So you want to bump up those social numbs. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I do think the fact that the, the, com- the combined voting block of millennials and Gen X presents itself a bigger ceiling of people uh so if the if there is an in fact an echo chamber that 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 chamber will 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 educate non not low propensity voters i think that will make a not insignificant increase and so i if it were me i would say uh not four four i would say it's you know three point five to 4.5. Okay, all right. So just a little push. A little nudge. Okay, well, this all brings up another thing, which is really like millennials, because it's talking about... I gotta, I, I'm got. i a believer. Oh, yeah, I'm Chriso, Chriso, you're back, you're back. Chriso had to go check in with some numbers he was on. He was on the computer looking at some polling yeah, numbers. Yeah, now that I got the numbers down, I would say... Um, no, it's really not about numbers at all. It doesn't feel like... I think, I think that, honestly, I would give the mass media a 6. Whoa, to a, to a two. To six, a six, six, six. Six, six, two. Yes, exactly, quite exactly. The number <laughs> of the beast. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. But I think... Betting on the machine. I think... Um, 
no, I think there's a real truth to that, that you can see whatever you want when you're looking on Facebook, but if you're watching the news every day, which a lot of people are, I think even if they are younger people, they're seeing it on their parents' TVs, they're seeing it on their grandparents' TVs, they're seeing it on TVs in stores and they get pizza. It's on the TV. Oil change and there's fucking blah blah blah. (laughs) (laughs) Stop assault. Yeah, I think there is some power to that, and I think it's pretty deceptively powerful when you go. You know, when like when there's just nothing about that candidate on TV, I think that that is powerful. So there you go. There's another thing to consider, which is like that we're having like, a, it's a very kind of nebulous conversation about mainstream media versus social media. And the reality is that half of the shit that pops up on my Facebook feed is Washington post, New York times. And I, should I consider it mainstream media or not? I don't know. I, Washington post and the New York times seem pretty mainstream and they don't like Bernie very much. Um, and they're not really having a conversation about certain issues. So, yeah, I mean, that compared to, like, medium articles published by wonky people or leftists uh, compared to, um, you know, Vox or any of these other sites is social media. Because, again, social media is just something that it just takes all the information in and it spews it back to you based upon algorithms. Connecting into this is the question of millennials, um, right? And this is something we've talked about a lot. But in our waiting, we're giving uh, popularity amongst uh, millennials. We're giving them twelve points um, out of a uh, out of the total um, of how many points total? Hundred? Hundo? 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 Twelve points out of that is millennial popularity, and that is higher than uh, independent, unaffiliated. Even though the mainstream media tells us that's who we got to reach all the time, and it's higher than non college voters, which is five. Um, so. We're saying millennials, and I guess the question is, will millennials actually come out and vote, uh, and will they vote for their interests, and are they actually Democrats? Um, well, more importantly, who do they like? Sure. So, yeah, well, let's look at that, right? So we got that. We got that number. Who yeah. do they actually like? We've got, we've got Sanders, right, is the most popular by far amongst millennials, and is the largest voting bloc in this election. Bernie Sanders substantially higher um than warren and biden but i bet you that changes yeah i bet warren warren starts to get more popular among millennials well this is as of eight four um august 4th we have sanders 34 warren 20 biden at a five uncle joe not going over well with the young people wait a point five no it's five out of five five. Chris, do you feel like Joe Biden speaks to you? Yeah, I feel like when I look at Joe Biden, I'm like, Grandpappy, do do me right. <laughs> he reminds me of record players. <laughs> I just think, no, I mean, honestly, even I was thinking about this earlier. I even think that even Bernie is a little bit too old for me, but that is what it is. He's powerful. He's got clout. I think he's a possibility. Um, but I think it is a downside when you're seeing like a bunch of 80 year olds running against each other. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about age and let's talk about like, uh, the likability, the charisma component. Right. Um, although, you know, you could also lump in age with like race, gender, sex, that kind of stuff. What if they die? What if they have a heart attack or a stroke or something and just die? (laughs) You gotta have a good VP. They do that sometimes. They do. Old people do it all the time, <laughs> literally all the time. That's what they do. It's actually like a major health crisis in America, it's and what like who's going to take it? Yeah, to old people. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a big problem. Okay, so age is an issue. Um, but also like, uh, likability. We're, we got some stuff in here that's authenticity. We don't have likability, but we have authenticity, which we've given six points. Um, one of the things that I have kind of been talking about in our conversations is saying that I think a bunch of Americans out there vote primarily based upon how someone looks and how they sound. Mm -hmm. And that's it. They like, 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 I don't know, I don't know how else to explain Beto O'Rourke. And the surge in popularity that he had for a while, where it's like, yeah, he looks like a, he's a handsome guy. He's got a low voice. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, some people consider him to be handsome. He's got a low voice. He speaks well, and he seems cool. That's it. He's my guy. That was it. That's like it sold it for people. Right. So, you know, authenticity um, it, is the term we've come up with. But what do you guys think? Is likability the most important thing in a candidate? Is this the cover of the New York Times magazine? Yes, this is what it is. Who do you like? Who do you like? Matt, what do you think? You you put authenticity here as this number in here, and we have some numbers, right? We have, from what we've come up with, we think that Sanders is very authentic, Warren. Uh, we think Biden is less authentic. Well, I, yeah, I, I find... I. I mean, this is just my subjective opinion on Biden, his authenticity, is that on every major issue that's come before him, he has has been on the wrong side of corporate power and people power. And and on the social issues where that wasn't as much of a thing, he was never out ahead in trying to, you know, wake people up to be to, you know he was never like a real trailblazer and always just a little bit behind and waiting till the polls supported gay marriage to support gay marriage and things like that that are just to me evidence you know he, there's he has a long paper trail of just doing what's good for joe biden and not really taking risks and sticking him set his head out for the 99 percent. and like to me that's kind of like a losing story as far as your authenticity like your, to you your yeah. career yeah to you to me yeah. As an informed voter, right? And, yeah. and as somebody who's been watching. I'm wondering how close most people are paying attention. I, mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant. But I'm just curious, like, how closely, how deep are people really going into each of the candidates, right? And so mm -hmm. it's like, if most people are sort of absorbing that surface level... What matters, you know? Yeah, no, these, I mean, this is what I think about all the time. I, the number of people I talk to on a regular basis, including a lot of millennials and like whatever the hell they call them, I, I gen, um, you know, gen Z or whatever, um, young people is a lot of the times they're like, I cannot listen to anything political, have any political discussions can't watch any news can't listen to npr it's all awful and i hate it all and that's it so it's like i i, I don't know there's a lot of people who aren't paying attention i know a lot of people who have been activists who are very political have strong opinions and who are not watching they cannot it's so painful to them so yeah that's a it's a good question is are we are people paying attention i don't know and but okay and but then this also gets back to a little bit of like are the people who are lightly paying attention just mostly voting upon likability? Like, just how much do they like them? 
Well, you know? there is a, a pretty strong correlation if you go back to, to previous elections of what people, how well they polled on authenticity and how how much people thought like they could trust them, mm-hmm. and yeah. what and they and how well they ended up doing in the election, and it's pretty a pretty solid pattern uh, and noteworthy. So. I think it's something to, something to, to weigh in there. And especially, I think it's an important factor. And the reason I put it in the rubric is because we had a trust problem in our, in our country. Why is 50% of the population not voting? Yeah. Trust. There's a huge trust issue. And like, if you ask, I know a lot of these millennials that don't vote. And I know a lot of these independents not and non-affiliated vote uh, registrants who just don't trust the system. And you could, you saw it in the last election where like all these independents were going for Bernie in a really strong way because he was sort of against that. And I think that's one of the noteworthy things in our findings is like Bernie did really well among non-educated voters and mm-hmm. low income voters. And these demo, these are core parts of the surge demographic. We're talking about low propensity voters that if they decide to turn out will send tsunamis through what we know is like the normal we're going to, you know, we could see landslide, uh, landslide like we've never seen in our modern history. Well, yeah. So I'm looking at some of those numbers, but we, it, it also Biden also does very well amongst them, right? I mean, Biden. But so does Biden. But Biden here is, is, has higher numbers amongst. Uh, oh no, this is lower income, not lower educated. No, no, but lower income, lower income. Biden is crushing it. He's doing great amongst lower income people. Is that partially because he does very well amongst? Well, he's got high name recognition, you know, and I think that's helping him. But so does Bernie. So it's not necessarily a fair comparison it's true but it's also i think it also is reflective of something that might be important to put in there which is that biden does very well amongst older black folks they really like biden do you actually think after this last debate that that can hold i i you know i don't know i do not know although i will say is that he is connected to and a representative of barack obama's presidency and that's how people think but people make the association of like, I don't know, I like Barack Obama and Joe Biden was part of Barack Obama. I don't know. Sure. Joe Biden. You know? So I, I just, I I have concerns about the voting populace of America. I may have been let down by the democratic process a few times. Those parents that reared them so wrong with not even a single phonograph in the room. And they show them the glory of an iPhone and an internet and maybe a path towards being somehow more white. Mm-hmm. No, addressing inequality in inner city schools is a matter of playing records for your children. Um, but I, I mean, even in like the New York Times, like there were some pretty hard hitting editorials against Joe Biden. And so I don't know. I think there's been kind of a a shift in the media environment a little bit on realizing like, all right, we shoved Hillary down people's throats last time. It didn't go over really well. Maybe we shouldn't be shoving Joe Biden down. Sure. You and know. the polling is reflecting that, right? The yeah, polling he's, is reflecting. His polling is steadily going down. Yes. And Warren is consistently going up. Sanders mm-hmm. is also Staying doing quite well. About the same. Yeah. So, okay. So the question here is. One of the biggest questions is, yeah, is Joe Biden a ticking time bomb? Is he going to blow up, kill him, not kill him, blow up, destroy his own presidency, uh, destroy his own candidacy? Is he going right? to Anthony Bourdain? Yeah. He's a ticking, oh he's, oh he's, a, he's a ticking oh. time bomb. And the question is, is it going to, is the bomb going to blow up during the primary and save us the, you know, Biden Trump travesty? Or, 
is it gonna is he gonna keep his steady you know he's front runner right now because of his dominant lead in the polls for such a long time and it's it's if that doesn't change we could be looking at a really poor contrasted race in 2020 okay so in this this gets us to we should just at least say the ranked results out outright which is we do not think biden is the best person to beat Donald Trump, based upon all these factors, and one of the one of the biggest things we haven't talked about is based upon the actual polling being done in swing states, right? And based upon power bases and coalitions, based upon fundraising, all these things, we do not think, based upon these numbers, or we, it's not that we don't think the numbers that we have accumulated do not seem to represent a world in which Joe Biden is the best person to beat Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders, by far, we believe to be the best candidate to beat Donald Trump. And then Biden is trailing, and then Warren, and then Harris out of the top four, right? And we've been having a conversation about, is Biden too strong there? Because some of these numbers may not represent the fact that Warren is the one candidate who's been consistently gaining in regards to fundraising, media coverage, and just overall, I think, momentum. One big caveat on our, on those numbers, is or the, that, that, that order, is that... Um, the social media reach of Warren uh, that has grown in the last month mm. it, are not reflected in those numbers because we just have the numbers haven't been updated yet. And so sure. that's so, that, you know, there's there's going to be things like that where we'll just try to in, let people know, hey, this is these are old. These are weak, weak links in the rubric. We're working to get them fixed. But so I think I think once that those numbers are updated, we're going to see Warren significantly above Biden in the beat Trump yeah, we have we have here that uh, Warren is a 1.4 compared to four um, in regards to mainstream media um, compared to Biden at four. I would say, yeah, I mean, I, I think she's getting it's it's not it's not half the number of mentions. I think she's getting a, it's a substantially large number of mentions at this point. And then in regards to social media, we got um, Warren at 1.9. We got Sanders at four. And I think I see Warren a lot on my feed as a person who uh, formerly supported the candidacy of Bernie Sanders. I see Warren a lot, and I see a lot of people talking about her, and I see um, a lot of articles being written about her. And she's drawing some big crowds. What does Biden versus Trump look like? Julia, you're watching it unfold 2020, and you're watching Biden and Trump. Are you even watching? Are you interested at all? Like, what's happening? Like, what does it sound like? Two bumbling idiots. <laughs> I wouldn't. It would be hard to watch those debates, to be honest. Speaking on behalf of all millennials and women, of course, and women, <laughs> and white women. Yeah, that it would be painful. It would be painful Ugh. to watch those debates. I would. It would. It would make me sick to my stomach mm. if that was the matchup. Okay, so there's some personal bias there, but what do you think? Do you think? But it's represented yeah. in the numbers. I mean, the numbers say sure. poll, the polls show that millennials don't like it. My, them. my yeah. quick response to this to start, which is that um, if I would have to vote for Biden as the lesser of two evils, I would be in a totally the same as always situation as what I've always had to do is yeah. vote for the lesser of two evils. Sure, and I would do it if I had to. But um, would you go knock on doors for no, Biden? Hell no, no. But I would at least give him my token vote rather you... than Trump. If at the end of the day he's the guy, but I think that a lot of people who are younger feel the same way, which is 
they're not at all excited for Biden. Yeah. They'll take Biden if that's what they're going to get from the establishment Dems. If that's all they're going to give us to vote for is Biden, then they'll take Biden. But they're not going to be excited about it. And even still, I would I really hope that enough people would come out to beat Trump just because Trump has accrued that many enemies, hopefully, in the last four years. I really hope that. But it would be um, it would be. You wouldn't, shame. you wouldn't be lining up to knock on doors, and you would not probably, I'm assuming, would anybody here be donating to his campaign? It's like, like, giving money? It would be like, oh my god, the plane is going down, but now we crashed, but but only lightly, or something. <laughs> you know, it would be like, it's like, oh, well, that could have been worse. Yeah, yeah, could have been worse. like, I still lost an arm. Okay, yes. Um, Matt, obviously, I, you have some strong opinions about like what you think a Biden versus Trump would be. I, I just, I, it spells of an unmitigated disaster because the, we alienate the biggest democratic voting bloc, the ascendant millennial generation, it, for the first time in our history, will, will be eligible to vote. We had 95% of them in, in 2018. Now we're going to talk about 100% of them to the Democrats, the party that's supposed to be representing the little guy, the disenfranchised, the one that doesn't have a voice, the young people, the, you know, communities of color, the, the, uh, this, this beautiful coalition we have. And do we really want to say to one of the coalition partners, no thanks, we're not, we're not really going to cater to you because we don't really care about your vote. It, to me, that sounds like a losing strategy. And, and I, and I think that, that, that's, Kind of what, what where I I want to be putting my energy into is 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 making sure that doesn't happen and what that looks like on a practical level is whichever of of Warren and Sanders is in a better position to beat Joe Biden when it comes time for me to vote that's who I'll be voting for and I and I and I would recommend others to to, to consider that and the reason as, as a that, metric and the reason you say that as the executive director of Peppa is because you believe that one of those two candidates may actually beat Trump and then may actually do something about making sure that we have free and fair elections that are not owned by corporations and that are not beholden to corporate money, right? That's exactly. why. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just want to say on the Biden-Trump thing, I think that it it is such – it would be such a just two old – men mud fest just two old dudes just throwing shit at each other and like trying to bully each other and not talking about the issues just not talking about the issues right i out of any out of any of the candidates running if it's biden and trump i feel like there's there's no deep debate at all it's all personality it's all who can be the tough guy who can roll his fucking sleeves up who can be like hey you think you're a tough guy oh yeah well you can't be a tough guy because i'm a fucking tough guy and it's just a it's a terrible terrible discussion and they're both getting money from the same corporate tit sure well yeah nobody's <laughs> well and donald trump will bring it up donald trump will bring it up donald trump will say oh yeah joe yeah it's like oh you, you take you take money too you take money too you take it you take the money blah blah like yeah well, he'll throw it. that shit out i can see it yeah so I, or you could be somebody who's like hey no i'm for the little guy and like it's that contrast we need to frame the democratic party not as latte drinking elites but as the party of the working class and we can't have it that that mantle being held by these corporate candidates corporate back candidates okay that brings us up to to, to warren and trump does that become a, she's a professor, she's a smarty pants, she's Pocahontas, and she is, she's out of touch, you know, 
she's some smart lady who's going to boss you around and tell you what to do and make you not drive your your big truck and not be able to eat meat or something like right like doesn't that isn't that yeah. what it becomes and, it, and but and while and while this is why I would say Warren is a strong candidate while she looks directly into the camera and says I'm trying to help your family right which is very much what would be Bernie Sanders technique right for mm-hmm. both of them that matchup would be that yeah I mean they'll have a similar argument yeah. Yeah, I don't think it makes a big difference in terms of um, which one. You're yeah, just like, give between, me one. No, between, <laughs> give me one. Between Warren and Bernie, they're both going to get utterly slammed in the media in the similar ways. Yeah, I don't think it makes a big difference. Like that's that's going to be a reality. They're both going to have to face in different ways. Well, I think I think Warren has fared slightly better than Bernie, but. Not a significant amount. And, and I think the way that the, the whole DNA test was such a topic for so long. What was it like? Why was that a thing for like six news cycles? Like, of, of like, we're, we're like, we're invading countries and like there's war breaking out and we're talking about her DNA test. Like, which of the things doesn't belong? Like, maybe once. Okay. Like, it would seem like weird, but like, for as long as it was, I, there, it seemed to be like a concerted, conspiracy to, to 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 sort of take her down and i think it actually she she played her cards well she played to her favor because she was able to start from so low her steady ascent i think has 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 led to some of her her strength yeah and i, I mean that's something that like we have to talk about with authenticity is like is that event is something that it but I, I i think that we've moved beyond that i don't think i've heard it mentioned for a very long time um but i think she comes off as very authentic i mean what do you guys think i think Elizabeth Warren comes up as very authentic. I I guess I still worry about like how deep people are going to go and what narrative people are going to most people are going to absorb about Warren. Yeah. I still worry about that. Yeah, and actually if we look at the points here, the popularity among low-income voters and non-college voters for Warren is not great. It's not great. And those are those those are a, a, a bunch of people out there who may not think, okay, her policies are good for me. They might think, well, she doesn't seem to represent me, and maybe because she doesn't she doesn't shoot from the hip, she doesn't say what she's thinking, she doesn't misstep in her words and say terribly outdated racist things. Because <laughs> I don't know, that's authentic. Because that's authentic. I don't know. Like kind of like an Al Gore charm. Yes. No. It, well, it's the Lisa Simpson. This is what I was saying before. Yeah. She is a she's Lisa Simpson, and I don't think anyone ever. I don't think I've ever seen a Lisa Simpson T-shirt. Out of thirty years of Simpsons, I've seen Bart shirts. I've seen Homer shirts. I think I've seen a goddamn Barney shirt or a Mo shirt. I don't know, but I I don't think I've ever seen a Lisa Simpson shirt. I don't think people are like that's my my daughter looks up to her. But I don't think average Americans are like, yeah, that's what's fun about The Simpsons. That little girl who knows what's right and always has a solution to everything. It's like, oh, God, boring. <laughs> I don't know, right? Do you see her as Lisa? Guys, I mean. I'd never thought of that before, but that's an interesting parallel. Yeah, I, I see it. I, I know what you mean. She's got this sort of like smart do-gooder charm about her, I guess. You <laughs> She's know? a smart do-gooder. <laughs> Americans don't like smart do-gooders. <laughs> Sorry. Doesn't this just come around to likability again in a different way? This is like still the likability conversation. This is exactly what has what I've been seeing in the news about Warren pretty consistently is like 
is she blank, blank, blank enough? Is she powerful enough? Is she, is she likable enough? Yeah, and uh, this may speak to a larger issue of like just chauvinism, sexism. That it's like, yeah, is she likable enough? That there, there may be people out there that's like, yeah, I don't smart. I don't like a smart woman. So we've who's got all the solutions, we, we, like my ex-wife Sharon. <laughs> Well, we didn't put, we didn't put, uh, gender in, in the rubric because the numbers, at least of late, suggest that men and women have about the same chance of getting elected. Uh, the, the, the problem is, is that less women are, are running. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Well, hey, I, I, I think, so we're getting close. We're getting close to time here, by the way. We've been, We've been hitting it for a while. We've got a couple of a different major debates in here. But I think what we want to say is that we want we want to hear what people think about these issues, right? So should we be mainstream media versus social media? Likeability and authenticity. Matt, go ahead. Well, yeah, or what 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 should what should the voter be looking at? Like for example, like Elizabeth if if I'm an Elizabeth, if I really like Elizabeth Warren right now, but I also don't want to necessarily vote for somebody that's not going to beat Trump. Yeah. What am I looking at? I'm looking at, is she picking up steam among millennials? Is she picking up steam among less educated voters? Or do these remain Achilles heel for her? If not, I'm starting to look back at Bernie Sanders numbers among those, among those demographics. But my concern is that if Elizabeth Warren, if, if, because the Democratic Party is so educated, the Democratic Party is more, there's a bigger education divide between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party than there's ever been in our modern history. And so the, the primary voters are largely made up of educated voters. So they're going to have a disproportionate say on the outcome of this election. So I think Elizabeth Warren has a much better chance of, of winning the primary, uh, than Bernie does, even though I think Bernie's fundamentals and what our, what our data suggests are better in the general election. Julie, I see you nodding your head about that. Yeah, you feeling that? Yeah, I'm feeling that. Stole the words. But, and so, so I could, I could go either way on that. I could say, let's, you know, plow ahead and say, go Bernie, 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 because he's the best in the general election. Or say, wait a second, if we're ultimately more likely going to lose that primary, maybe we say, let's get right on Elizabeth Warren now, if she's going to win anyways, because that's what the fundamentals suggest is going to happen in this race. And, because we want, we want to, we're better off if we have a clear front runner because we can't have a, 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 either of them not being viable in states. So if it's them splitting the vote could really be bad for the, for the long game. And so part of me says, let's, let's, let's secure the one that's probably going to win. And even though we're of a, a, a worse hand against, we're probably going to beat Biden or, or win the primary, um, and have a worse hand against Trump, but it's a it's a safer bet in some ways because we're going to be behind the candidate that's ultimately going to be the nominee from the beginning does that make sense yeah that makes sense i'm I'm just thinking while you're saying that i mean i'm just like the the amount of i want to say fuckery but i don't know if that's the proper political science term no i think that's Um, that's proper be aligned against bernie or warren in the primary um that it just seems like that there are a lot of forces out there that definitely don't want Sanders. Um, and it manifests itself in a number of ways in, in which his plans are attacked. 
Um, he is left out of discussions. He is maligned. He is uh, painted as being extreme. Um, that that that's like something I even want in this chart is like. Who's gonna get fucked? Who's who's who gets fucked? Who's who's? Well, we see some evidence. Who and Biden and and Bernie being like negative ten points for him, despite being the strongest candidate, because there's powerful forces aligned well, against him. I mean, the numbers show that he's getting eight times less media coverage than Biden. Yeah, and so is that you know is that going to be persistent into the general? Are they going to be able to ignore Bernie in the general? No, they can't. Sure, but if we looked at the ranked results and we say that Sanders is eighty. If I would almost propose at the end of the day, we take those final numbers and then we add, will all of the powers of the corporate interests of the world be aligned against that candidate for the next two years? Then we take off 10, 20 points. So what do you, what do you but, suggest? I, I, are you suggesting well, we vote for, vote for Biden? Well, no, I'm just saying that that is, that is something. And we have to I, that bear that burden. I mean, yeah, I don't well, see any other way around it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to live in that world, but I, I, I want to be honest with myself and say, wow. They really don't want him. Well, we have and to right, fight. And right now, they don't have to, like, attack him. But as it gets closer, if you're talking about superdelegates, if you're talking about the DNC, if you're talking about the oil companies, if you're talking about the insurance companies, if you're talking about media outlets that don't want him to to regulate or oversee corporate media mergers or anything, then we're talking about, like, the entire brunt force of all of the power networks of the corporate capitalist world globally aligning against Bernie Sanders and potentially Elizabeth Warren. And what does that look like in being like, well, shit, doesn't that shave off a few fucking points? Doesn't that shave off a few points? And it, isn't that tragic? And I don't want it to be true. And I don't I don't want to live in that world. But uh, I don't know that like, again, we, you know, it's hard to calculate that. Yeah, it's hard to calculate the entire force <laughs> of all the least. powers of the world aligned against, uh, let's say, reform uh, sanity well, I mean, addressing the climate uh, crisis. Well, so so then let's make the argument for Joe Biden. If you know, I mean, Joe Biden in the early numbers is narrowly it's within like we'll say the margin of error of all the polls that we rely on, um, beating Warren, and I guess that argument is that. He is not going to have the, the 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 combined terror of of the corporate capitalists of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. That yeah, are the, be fine with them. Yeah, going to be a bunch of. There's gonna be and a bunch so they of might bankers. be like, actually, you know, the, the 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 trade war, whatever, is not working for me economically. I would like a more obedient neoliberal. And, oh, yeah. and 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 not you know, and wouldn't you know lift this the kind of resources. That they they could re- lift to to stop sure. one of the progressives, a, a but then we're where? But then where are we in four years? But like in the same place, a little worse. Of course. Well, yeah, health insurance or, companies would like Biden because health insurance because Biden's plans would ensure that everyone goes through health insurance companies because everybody gets covered. Well, I feel like so this is always the case in any election. There's always it's like you know the more moderate democratic example is like palatable and they're allowed to survive sometimes you know like literally or or also just their reputation or how they're portrayed in the media is allowed to survive and thrive if they're mild enough and if they're not they're kicked off but maybe i mean besides it being so crucial at this time that we do have somebody who can actually do something that starts making change 
Um, I also feel like it might be a really good moment because I really hope that there's uh, just a, an, a, a, a huge number of surge people who are going to be like, I can't deal with this Trump shit anymore. And I really hope that's the case. And if it's not, then, you know, that's in itself going to be hard to come to terms with, even despite the other results. But, like, that's yeah. my hope, mm. is that a huge number of people will come out of the woodwork, no matter who it is, and be like, we're not going to do this again. Yeah. We're not going to do this for another four years. I want to live in that world. But I also want to say, 1972, George McGovern, destroyed by Richard Nixon. 1980, Jimmy Carter, destroyed by Ronald Reagan. 1984, Walter Mondale, destroyed by Ronald Reagan. These are more progressive Democrats. And they were... Dest- I mean, Jimmy Carter, well, we can debate that. But they were just destroyed. Dukakis, right? Destroyed. Al Gore, lost. And Al Gore wasn't even a... He's not a progressive. He? <laughs> yeah, he didn't. But again, we have, to, we have to live in the world in which electoral college is real. And I, I don't, I don't want to be in this world. I don't want to be making this argument. This is what goddamn mainstream pundits are making this argument. But there's some reasons to believe that if we have a very progressive left president, presidential candidate, that they may lose. And it might not be because people don't want them and people don't want their plans, but it's because there are a lot of things that stand in the way of real democracy. I don't want it to be true. We got to wrap this up. Um, let's have let's continue this discussion about what are these factors. Let's make adjustments, and I I hope and pray that somebody who actually wants free and fair elections, and somebody who actually wants a clean democracy, and somebody who actually wants to solve some of the problems we're facing, uh, is able to be elected, and that our numbers bear that out. Uh, Matt, closing words. I just want to say thank you, John House Wilson. It's such a pleasure hearing your voice, no. Julia Chriso. Guys, what do you got coming up? You got some gigs, Chris? Oh, you're doing uh, you're doing stand up at Yuck Yucks in Poughkeepsie on Saturday night. Every Saturday night. Every Saturday night. Uh, you've got some upcoming piano bar gigs in uh, in Newark and uh, and Hoboken. Wow, I'm honored that you you know all you know my That's schedule right. coming and, up. That's amazing. And Julia and Chris, oh, I That's hope we can scene. we can get you guys on again. Yeah. Thank. Yo! We're going to do an all-comedy tipping point. All-comedy. Julia, anything you'd like to add? Thank you for, you know, appreciating our presence. Aw, thank you for the thank yous. <laughs> thank you for the thank yous. Thanks, right. for, thanks for crunching all those numbers, you geeks. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. All and right. also, those are some deep-ass points. Deep ass points. Wow, it's all dark. All right. Oh, man. What? No, we're cutting that part out. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah, we. Oh, like, we don't need to Medicare. I'm sorry, you. You are. (laughs) Thank you for your editing. Matt, I'm going to add this on the end so you can listen to it.